I, I think it's quite a, a complex um, situation that we're facing because uh, there are actually measures already put in place to, to deal with the hate crimes uh, against the LGBT community. Um, and the thing is, most of us are not uh, utilizing those measures simply because we are not aware that they, that they exist. But um, basically the, the CSOs, uh, community service organizations and MPOs, they, they should actually all belong to the provincial task team. The Department of Justice and Constitutional Development have put together an LGBTI national task team and a provincial task team within every province. So these issues that, 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 that arise, these crimes that are committed, should actually be brought to their attention because they're dealing with the people that are actually in charge, in authority over everything. Because what we're finding is, like, the police themselves, um, the, they are actually very supportive of the, the LGBT com, uh, community. The problem comes when it comes down to each specific station because when it comes to a certain police station they don't always carry through on the job that they're supposed to be doing and this is why we need to be actually taking action against each specific police station that is not doing their job. Kim what do you know about I mean obviously it's a big country and there's a large number of uh, police stations Uh, are you gathering sort of data on which police stations are you know fitting into this uh, the, the, the sort of system which is laid down by this provincial task team and working according to those guidelines and following these up and which ones not aren't I think we're, we're at the moment we're basically um, going um, a, a, as each situation arises we're dealing with it right there and then because when we have a, a, a meeting we basically call together all uh, representatives from every sector so we get people from the SAPS we get people from the judicial sector from the Department of Education Department of Social Development and including all uh, community social uh, community service organizations and then we we see what's exactly happening in those areas and then we are we work as a team to go and address each each um, incident that arises um, what's unfortunate is that a lot of these provincial task teams are actually not um, being supported the uh, different sectors are not sending their representatives across to to the the task team and uh, that, that's where we're falling down because then it's not coming to the attention of, of the task team. Are some of those uh, breakdowns uh, caused by a lack of resources or just uh, simply you know, communication and uh, perhaps uh, not as much diligence as we would hope? Yeah, I, I think those are definitely um, the primary factors, definitely. And also, I think lack of information. Um, we... You know, although these things are there, they're not being brought to the public's attention, so the the public don't actually know that they have recourse, that they have something at their fingertips that they could be using. The thing is, what happens when when we are brought uh, made aware of these incidences, we then go to each specific um, police station or whoever's um, 
mishandling the case, we go to them and do a whole sensitization program with them so that not only is, is the incident dealt with timelessly, but also is prevented from happening again. We do know our country is very progressive in, uh, you know, the structures in place and, as you said, uh, the protection which uh, the Constitution, uh, well, the Constitution uh, affords everyone in the country and, of course, task teams like this. But there's also, of course, there is stigma which remains around this. Is it also possible that sometimes uh, cases of hate crime like this are not reported from the very reason that that stigma um, exists. So in other words, somebody might come and say, well, I did get beaten up, I was assaulted, but they, they, they won't sort of make that step to say, I think it's because of this and because of my sexual orientation. I mean, are some of them slipping through the cracks? Um, I think there's a, a whole lot that are slipping through the cracks. It's a very, very small percentage that actually get to the police stations, simply because the police are, are, are actually notorious for, for um, secondary victimization and for not doing their job. And so it, it, it's really, it, it makes pe- people afraid to come forward. They do, however, come to the community service organizations and the NPOs that deal with LGBTI issues because they feel safe and they are respected in those areas. And this is why it's important for us as MPOs to belong to these task teams and to be active because then we can take these cases that we, and, and, and push them through the police and through the uh, judicial system. Let's, okay, let's talk about pushing them through. Let's talk about the specific instance uh, as an example where uh, Nonki Smoos uh, um, has died this dreadful death. The LGBTI um, activist Karaba Mofokeng is there. Typically, how would uh, you, know, you as NPOs take this forward and, and pressurize uh, police? Um, well, first of all, we would go to the other people on, on the, the provincial task team because once you come together as a team and, and deal with it as a team, then, uh, you know, you, you've got that much more clout. So that's where that would be the first thing. Secondly, if we had no um, luck with um, dealing with the police station themselves, we would go well, with the police officers themselves. Then we would go to the person who's in charge of that particular police station and demand that he takes action. If he doesn't take action, then we go to the uh, regional um, person in charge of, of the police and demand that they take action. If they don't take action, we go right to the, the national um, person in charge. And uh, so we basically would just go through every single avenue to to get this done. 